You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. Hey, today we're starting a series called Dear God, and it's a series on on prayer, and, and, and listen, I, I, I know when we just say the word prayer, uh, people like, they just have so many misunderstandings or they're so intimidated and they begin to, to freak out. And maybe when you hear the word prayer, you're kind of like Kelly. Kelly's this six-year-old little girl and, and her mom had a big dinner party at her house and invited a, a lot of people. And, and right before the meal was to be served, the mom turned to, to Kelly and said, hey, Kelly, why don't you say the blessing? And Kelly kind of panics, and she's like, Mom, I don't, I don't know what to say. What, what would you want me to say? She said, just repeat what your mom says. That's, just say that. Okay, so she closed her eyes and bowed her head and said, dear, dear Heavenly Father, why in the world did we invite all these people over to our house? We don't like any of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So maybe you can relate. You're like, listen, somebody throw me a bone. I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how to pray. And, and here's the question. If you could finish this sentence, dear God, dot, 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 what would you tell him? What would you ask God? How, how would you talk to God? How would you listen to God? These are all great questions that we wanna explore in this series. And part of the intimidation factor that we have with prayer is I think we misunderstand God's relationship with us. And here's what I want you to understand. The foundation of, of all of our faith and, and his grace is this. Nobody knows you better than God. And yet nobody loves you more than God. Do you understand? Nobody knows you better God already knows everything, all your insecurities, all your struggles, and yet nobody loves you more than God. And that's why we can boldly come to the throne because God is for you. He's not trying to shame you. He's not trying to say, oh my goodness, you don't know how to pray. You, no, no, none of that. He invites our feeble prayers to his table. And before we dive into the series, I wanna let you know a prayer that I'm praying for you. I believe this is a prayer that I'm supposed to pray over you and for you in 2024. It's not my words, it comes from a guy named Paul. In Ephesians chapter three, this is what he says, 317 to 21, he says this. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Some of y'all are like, that's, that's a lot of words. What'd you just say? Okay, let me break it down, two things. There's two things that he's praying right here. The first one is that you would grasp the depth of God's love for you. That's my prayer. I'm gonna pray that over you and for you, that you and I would grow in our understanding of how crazy God is for you. When we understand how deeply we are loved, it changes how we go about our day-to-day -day actions, what we say, what we think, how we live. And then the second thing is this, is that God would do immeasurably more in and through you in 2024. 
You see, a lot of us are familiar with this one and we kind of sometimes can skip this and we go right to God, we want more. But there's an order here that first we would understand that we would grasp the fullness of God's love. But you need to know as your pastor, I'm praying that God would do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine in you, but I also think he wants to do something through you. And that's my prayer for you in 2024. Pastor friend of mine, Pastor Kevin Queen says this, prayer is not the only thing we do, but it is the first thing that we do. Last January, we talked about prayer. This January, we're, talking, we're gonna talk about prayer every January. It's not the only thing we do, but we do want prayer to be the first thing that we do. Prayer creates intimacy with God. The more that you and I commune and talk with God, it creates intimacy. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship, and prayer is how we foster and grow that relationship. Prayer right-sizes our roles. It puts God on the throne while we are on our knees. Prayer is not the final draft of a well-written document that we send to God. Prayer is the first draft, the raw, honest that we would never send to anybody else. That's the thing we send to God. With God, we don't need Grammarly. We don't need autocorrect. We just send them what's on our heart and what's on our mind. Some of you, you know this, you're on Twitter. Just talk to God like you do on Twitter, okay? Just, you don't even have a filter, just go. That's what God loves. God invites that. Ian Bounds says, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed. This past week, I, I forgot my lunch. And it wasn't my fault. It ended up being a divine appointment. That's how I justify my mistakes. <laughs> so I forgot my lunch at home, which uh, led me to Chipotle. So I go to Chipotle for lunch. <laughs> I leave my lunch home every day. What can I say? No. <laughs> So I'm in, I'm in line at Chipotle and I'm behind these two 19 year olds. And I just kind of have a rule of life and, I, and I'm not judging, but my rule of life is this. I don't mess with people that have neck tattoos. That's just a thing, okay? <laughs> if, and a lot of you have neck tattoos. I love it, that's great. But I'm not gonna come to you with a knock-knock joke, okay? That's just not my approach. And the guy in front of me has a neck tattoo and it instantly got my attention. I, I was fascinated by his tattoo. And if I were to ever get a neck, neck tattoo, it might be something like this. It was very simple, it was three words. It just simply said, pray for me. And I was like, wow. And so I just took a moment to myself and I prayed for him. And then when I was done, he's in the middle of ordering and I just leaned in and I said, done. He's in the middle ordering some guac or something and <laughs> I'm all up in his space and like, he doesn't even know what I'm talking about. He's like, what do you, what do you mean done? I was like, well, I saw your tattoo. I just want you to know I prayed for you. And so we started a, a conversation. His name's Keevan. And, and I said, Keevan, what inspired you to get, to get that? He said, well, I had a, a brain surgery right here. And a lot of people were asking. And so I thought if they're gonna look and they're gonna ask, I'd love just to get them to pray. I was like. <sighs> and so he was with a buddy. His name's Daniel. And we start talking. Daniel's like, do you know who this is? This is Pastor Dustin. This is the guy I've been trying to get you to come to Journey for. And so Daniel has, it comes to Journey and he's been inviting Keevan. And we had this divine appointment. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I told you I didn't need to bring my lunch. God was in this. 
And so we have this divine appointment and I'm like, man, praise God. And, and Keevan works on Sunday morning and through this, we got to pray together. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna try to get off work and, and start coming. And so I wanna give a shout out, Daniel. Thank you for shining bright and being bold to your friend Keevan and Daniel. We're praying with you and proud of you. And so keep on, keep it on. Amen, church. One of the things I wanna do in this series is we're gonna, uh, we could spend months talking about the book of Psalms and really what we're gonna do is take three weeks and kind of unpack prayer through the book of Psalm. And, and really what this is, Psalm is the largest uh, book in the Bible. It's 150 chapters. David, he didn't write all of them. He wrote 73, at least 73 of the Psalms we know are to David. And here's why this is important. Men, I specifically wanna talk to you right now. Okay, David wrote 73 of the Psalms. And, and this is my prayer journal right here. Okay. And, and really the book of Psalm is like reading somebody's prayer journal. It's a collection of poems and songs and prayers. And, and David prayed 73 of them. And we're talking about King David. We're talking about one of the greatest warriors in the history of Israel, one of the greatest kings in the history of Israel. And this is a man that God said is after my own heart. And yet he has prayer and intimacy with God that nobody else can know about. And this is what I believe, man. I believe that when men start showing up at the feet of Jesus in prayer, communities change, families change, and cities change. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, men, if we would stand up, the, the people would follow, women and children would follow. And what we desire is to be a church of men that want to stand up and say, I don't have it all together, and I'm never going to have it all together, but I'm going to give this thing a shot because I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. I'm going to be closer to Jesus than I was yesterday. And this is not some, some uh, weak thing. This is not when I just told you I had a, I had a prayer journal. Some of y'all are already judging me. You're like, like, like a diary, like a middle school girl. You got a diary and you're saying that out loud. Listen, I'm not as, as mature in my faith as some of y'all. Some of you, you can pray on and on and on with focus. I can't, I have spiritual ADD. When I start praying, my mind starts going everywhere. But when I can write it down, it slows my processing down. And I'm able to pray specifically. I'm able to pray longer. It allows me, it may not be for everybody, but it helps me. So this is King David. And the very first word of the book of Psalm is the word blessed. And what it does is it sets the tone and the heart for the entire book. What I wanna do today, we're gonna talk about a different Psalm every week in the next three weeks. And, and I wanna look at one today. And really where we're going the next three weeks today, we're gonna talk about praising God and the good. Next week, we're gonna talk about being honest with God and the bad, and then week three, it's with him every step of the way. And when you read Psalm, that's pretty much what it is. It's, it's giving God glory in the good, it's, it's being honest in the bad, and then it's walking with him every step in between. And so today, it's gonna to be praising God in the good. Today, we're gonna to talk about Psalm 136. If you have a Bible uh, from the seat back in front of you, it's in, on page 535. Psalm is basically, if you have a Bible, you just open it halfway. It's about right in the middle, maybe a little bit to your left. Psalm 136. This is gonna be something I'm gonna need your help and participation with online, Lake County and Apopka. I'm gonna say a phrase and there's 26 times in this chapter that there is kind of this echo, this statement that says this, his love endures forever. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a sentence and then all of us, uh, Lake County Online and Popular, we're going to say it out loud together. 
Okay, and I'm just gonna read about nine verses, and so I'm gonna ask you to say it nine times. So we're just gonna practice this online, Lake County and Popka on the count of three. Let's read this, one, two, three. Perfect. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, and the moon and stars to govern the night. And over and over in this psalm, it just says that, repeats it 26 times. His love endures forever. And maybe here's just a little extra credit, a little homework for you. Maybe you go and write your own psalm. God, my car started today. Your love endures forever. God, I'm healthy today. Your love endures forever. God, I have three meals today. Your love endures forever. And just make your own psalm of praising God and thanking him and say, God, thank you for your kindness in my life. Thank you for your goodness. I wanna introduce you to... uh, a hero of mine is Mary Beth Kimbrell. Some of you know her. She's like a saint. Yes, she's a rock star. Can't talk about a series on prayer without bringing her up. She's one of our prayer warriors. She shows up and prays uh, at our altar for you, many of you. She shows up every Wednesday, prays at our time of uh, prayer every Wednesday. And um, she's just an incredible, incredible woman. And she gave me a, a Christmas gift. And... Um, and this is it right here. She gave me this tea set. And some of y'all were like, Pastor, I didn't know you were into tea. <laughs> I just want to clarify, I'm not, okay? So like, <laughs> this will be my, my last one, okay? Thank you. <laughs> Let me tell you why it was one of my favorite gifts. Because it came with a poem that just is messing with me. It's called Drinking from the Saucer. You see, I don't know a lot about tea sets, but this is a cup, this is a saucer. (laughs) Listen to this poem. I've never made a fortune, and it's probably too late now, but I don't worry about that much. I'm happy anyhow. And as I go along life's way, I'm reaping better than I sowed. I'm drinking from the saucer because my cup has overflowed. I don't have a lot of riches, and sometimes the going's tough. But I've got loved ones around me, and that makes me rich enough. I thank God for his blessings and the mercies he's bestowed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. God gives me strength and courage when the, when the ways grow weary and rough. I'll ask not for other blessings. I'm already blessed enough. And may I never be too busy to help others bear their load. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. Isn't that good? I put that in the center of our living room over a Christmas break, and we had family and kids staying with us, and you know, my wife and other people, hey, should we move that? It's like, that baby's not going anywhere. It's like, what a great reminder. You see, when we praise God and the good, it's not always just about our good. Psalm 136 is, it's his goodness. 
And, and listen, some of us are going through a hard time. Maybe you're going through a hard time. And you, you, it's so easy and tempted to say, you know what? My cup is, is half full, it's half empty. But I think it's just a simple perspective shift. I think we can easily look at a different way and go, you know what? My cup is overflowing. I'm drinking from the saucer. Isn't that good? And so that's my reminder for all of us today. And some of you are like, man, I don't feel like my cup is overflowing. Let me tell you a practice that I've started about six months ago. I, I got this idea from another, another pastor that does prayer journaling. So y'all could judge him too, okay? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, is this your actual prayer journal? Y'all are gonna come up and try to read it and steal it? No, I would never bring my real one in front of y'all. This is blank, okay? <laughs> We're not there yet, okay? Maybe one day, but not yet. But here's, here's, what, here's what's at the top right-hand corner. This is what I've been doing for, for years. I've been putting these two dates or these two lines, the date and then the location of where I'm at. But then about six months ago, I started this one. Day number 16,187. That's how many days I've been alive. And so what it is, it's a reminder that even on my worst day, I have over 16,000 reasons to be thankful. On my worst day. Some of y'all are like, pastor, that's nothing. I could double that, okay? <laughs> Listen, I know life may not always go your way. But if we shift our perspective, we have thousands of reasons to wake up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Your faithful love endures forever. So I wanna share two quick thoughts, two quick reasons when, that things that happen when we praise God and the good. The first one is this, God gets the glory he deserves. When we praise God, when things are going good, when you're on the mountaintop and you praise God, he gets the glory that he deserves. Your business is booming like never before. Your marriage is strong. It's not perfect, but it's good. Your kids are healthy, light. Your finances are good. When you start, uh, uh, you're on the mountaintop and you start recognizing God when you're on the mountaintop, what you're doing is you're giving him the glory that he deserves. And a lot of us in one area or another are doing better than we've ever done before. Not every area, but there's some area that you're doing good. And the question is, are, are you getting the glory and the credit or are you giving God the glory and the credit? First Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. When I was 22 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had melanoma in my back and they did a biopsy and they they saw that it, it was deep and wide and whatever else. And so they went in and did surgery and I had this whole post-surgery plan of all the chemo and everything that goes along with cancer. And, and I get out of surgery and the doctor says, hey, good news, uh, we did surgery and the cancer's all gone. I said, awesome, thank you so much. And they go, no, 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 you don't understand. Like we didn't see it, like the cancer is gone. We couldn't find it. So now I'm like, so you cut me for nothing. I have a lawsuit. No, just... <laughs> that'll be messed up. And like, we don't know how to explain it. And, and I did, God. But here's what happened the next four or five years. I didn't tell anybody about it. You see, I didn't feel like a cancer survivor. 
I, I didn't go through the rigors of many of you have gone through. I, it wasn't as painful or a heartache. It wasn't as long. I didn't have the same story and I felt inferior as trying to say I had cancer. And so I just didn't say anything. And then several years later, God just convicts me. He says, why did I heal you if I'm not gonna get the glory from it? You see, God doesn't do miracles in our life to benefit us. He does miracles in our life so that he gets glory. And I'll never forget that I felt so convicted. And whatever God is doing good in your life, it's not just for you, it's so that he gets the glory. That's what Psalm 107, two says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If God has redeemed you, if he's redeemed your marriage, if he's redeemed your relationship, if he's redeemed your, whatever it is, then say so, give him credit, give him glory in Jesus' name. That's what we do on the mountaintop. This is what our upcoming night of worship is gonna be all about, just filling an entire night with the glory of God. So February 8th, we're gonna have a night of worship, uh, Lake County, online, Apopka. We're gonna all come at the Apopka campus and, and we're just gonna, we're gonna worship, we're gonna pray. To, it's gonna be a, a beautiful night, but the theme of it all is to glorify God. That's the theme. The second thing we do when we're on the mountaintop, when we give God glory, it reminds us of our dependence on God. When we give God glory on the mountaintop, when things are good, it reminds us of our dependence on him. You see, it's a, it's a reminder. I've said this before, but we're turtles on a fence post. You know that. We did not get where we are on our own. Some of you are like, how did that happen? I'll, I'll, I'll put all my money on it. It's a teenage boy, okay? Teenage boy did that, okay? Guaranteed. And he was gonna come back and bring it down, but then he forgot and it's still there, okay? Poor little turtle. Listen, you and I are turtles on a fence post. I'm not saying that you didn't work hard to get your business where it's at, but don't act like it didn't have the favor of God to get it where it's at either. I'm not saying you didn't work at your marriage, but don't, don't for a minute think that God wasn't already working before you were working. Don't think that your, your finances have arrived. You probably made wise decisions. You, you've been generous, you've been saving, you, you haven't been lazy, but God has also been in it. We are turtles on a fence post. And when we don't give God the glory, it ends up coming across like we got where we are on our own and we don't need God. And let me just tell you, that is a dangerous place to be. You see, as, as kids, when you and I were born, when, when we see a little infant, what they are doing is they are coming out of the womb 100% dependent on a caretaker. They can't do anything on their own. They are dependent. And the goal physically is for them to grow to become independent by the time they're 18. That's the goal. Spiritually, it's the opposite. Spiritually, we are born independent. We don't need God, we don't want God, and the mark of spiritual maturity is as we grow, we become more and more dependent on God, not independent. That I need God in my marriage, I need God in my relationships, I need God in my work, I need God in my health, I need God everywhere. I am more and more dependent on God. And when we praise God on the mountaintop, that's what we are doing, we are recognizing our need for him, that we did not get here without him. And when we give God credit on the mountaintop, you know what happens? He says, it's not the mountaintop, you're just halfway there. But when you and I fail to give God credit on the mountaintop, that's the moment we peaked. And so what we wanna do is give God credit and glory 
and, and with humility over and over. And God's just going to keep going, taking you up and to the right. You think your marriage is great now? You just keep honoring and glorifying God. He's going to do wonders in it. Believe that with all my heart. So how do you grow your prayer life? Make this quick and simple. Make prayer a priority. You see, we prioritize what we value. I love what Corey Tenboom once asked. She asked a great question. Is your, is your prayer life a steering wheel or a spare tire? Is it leading everything that you do, every question, every thought, or is it kind of this idea of break in case of emergency? And I believe that when you prioritize prayer, you're removing prayer from the spare tire and you're making it the steering wheel when you start to prioritize prayer in your life. So here's three quick ways that you can prioritize it and grow your prayer life. The first one is, and I've said this before and I'm gonna say it again because I believe it, pick a time. You wanna prioritize prayer, pick a time. For us as a, as a church, uh, every Wednesday at 11 o'clock, we have prayer. You're always welcome. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to commit to anything. Right here in this room at our Apopka campus, we gather and we pray. You'll, you'll see Mary Beth. She comes every week. She prays. It's, it's glorious. We've got a great group of prayer warriors. But that's our corporate time. When is your individual time of prayer? Maybe it's with a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Maybe some of you are like, God's not alive in the morning. I, don't, I can't do that, okay? Great, maybe it's at night. Maybe it's on the way to work. Maybe it's like on your lunch break. I, I don't think there's anything sacred about when. I think it's just sacred that you set it and just like any other appointment, you block it out. You prioritize it. You don't bump it. You keep that. How long should it be? I'll let you do whatever you want, however long you want. It could be five minutes. I don't know if there is a certain time. I just say this for my own life, that no matter how long I spend in prayer, that my heart would always say it was never enough, that I always just want more. God, would you help me? If, if it's an hour, I just, I just want more. If it's three hours, I just want more. Second one is this, pick a place. Pick a time, then pick a place. And it could be anywhere. What's a place that to everybody else on the planet, it looks normal, but to you, it's that sacred church. It's that sacred space for you and God. Pick a time, pick a place. And the last one is pick a plan. So one of the things we're going to do starting today is we're going to start a 21 days of prayer. And, and maybe you're thinking, man, I, I don't know what plan. Well, we have a plan for you. When you came in, you would have received this bookmark. Online, you can go to journeychristian.com slash prayer and you could download this bookmark. And we're, for the next 21 days, we're gonna have a time where we're just gonna pray together. We're gonna pray individually, but together, aiming in the same direction. Some of you are like, I don't like your plan, pastor. That's great. You pray however you want. You don't need to use this plan. I'm just trying to help somebody that doesn't have a plan or you want a fresh plan. If you already have a plan, great. But if you don't have a plan, adopt this one. For the next 21 days, starting today, let's pray together and see what God would do. And here's, I, I want to create a special challenge and it's going to be the hardest, best thing some of you will ever do. But it's also the easiest thing. If you're in a relationship, maybe you're dating, engaged, or married, I want to challenge you for the next 21 days, would you pray with your significant other? I don't know anything more valuable than praying with your spouse. And some of y'all are like panicking 
right now. Like, I get it. I've been there. Some of you are going to come to me after the service like, hey, I love your energy. I like it. Can I write you a check for a million dollars instead? Like, can we do that? Like, and here's why, because it's so intimidating. How do I start praying with somebody I haven't prayed with before, even though we've been together for months or years? We've already laid a foundation that God's, God's not 100% in the middle and now we're just gonna, like, how does that work? Listen, every relationship, every relationship started with God not in the middle and then at some point they brought God in the middle. Every relationship. And so what I would encourage you to do is create a foundation, maybe new or maybe you add to it, that God is the center, that you're not dependent on each other, you are dependent on God. And let me just tell you, you are never more attractive to your spouse than when you are praying for them and with them. I'm telling you, there's a stat out there that says less than 1% of marriages that pray together end in divorce. Think about that, less than 1%. So I wanna challenge you. And some of you are like, man, I don't even know. Like, you don't understand. I've never prayed out loud. Like, I wouldn't even do what Kelly did. Like, six-year-old Kelly, I wouldn't even do that. I love what Max Lucado says. He says, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Listen, in a relationship, there's somebody that's prayed more than the other. There's somebody that might be closer to God than the other. And I would just say this. Do not belittle, laugh, make the easiest, most comfortable way that the other person can feel comfortable praying and watch what God's gonna do in your relationship over the next 21 days. It could last 20 seconds, but begin to invite God into your marriage, into your relationship and just see what happens. I told you about my running with Keevan, about how he had that tattoo, pray for me. And I told you one of my Newer heroes is, is Mary Beth. And I was telling Mary Beth about this story with Kevin. She got really inspired. She's like, man, that's, that's powerful. And so this week she went out and got some new ink. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I thought, I, I love that. I love her heart. And so this is what we have at both campuses. We have tattoo artists in the lobbies. And listen, it's on us today, you know. That's not real, but it is funny. Hey, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you that in prayer, there are no experts. There's only amateurs. And God, I pray for that that man, that woman, that student that's listening right now and their heart is panicking because they've never prayed out loud. God, we always say around here that there's always a next step in following Jesus. God, I think prayer is a massive, great next step. And so here we are like the disciples and we're saying, God, would you teach us to pray? Would you teach us how to pray? Would you teach us to talk to you, the God of the universe? And so God, I pray that in this next 21 days, would you do a work a redemption, reconciliating work in the relationships and marriages in our community. God, I pray for the marriages that are doing great. Would you take them to another level over the next 21 days? Would you do something supernatural in and through us 
over the next 21 days. God, we're leaning in. We thank you. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Jordy Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Jordy Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.